last week we were uh, doing 40 days of prayer and fasting for the series of studies that we are starting today. Uh, the title of this series is Basic Handbook for Pointing Out Jesus, Natural Ways to Nudge Friends into God's Family. And to, uh, to get us started, there are five foundational facts that we have to keep in mind as we're talking about this basic handbook, these natural ways to nudge people into God's family. The first one is, all human beings are created in the image of God. All human beings. Yeah, even that one. Somebody was trying to think of an exception, and I just wanted to point out that even that one is uh, somebody who's created in God's image. So that's the first thing. Everybody's created in God's image. That means everybody has value. Everybody is loved by Him. Everybody is someone Jesus died for. You cannot see another human being that God does not want in His family. foundational fact could be a whole sermon but we should leave it right there everybody's created in God's image and he loves them second one is that God is already present and at work in each person's life John Wesley called it provenient grace but whatever you call it the Holy Spirit is at work in all human beings no matter what their religion, no matter what their morality or lack of it, no matter what they have done or haven't done, God's Spirit is at work in their life, inviting them to come home, inviting them to be a part of His family. So they are only can you not meet someone who God doesn't love and one in His family, you will never meet someone that God is not trying to win into His family. No matter how distant you may think they are, God's at work in their life. That was fact number two. God is present and at work in everybody's life, in each person's life. Number three, the best things about that person are blessings from God. The best things about each and every one of us are God's gifts. There are results of His grace and His love in us. Every time we say a little bit of a yes to Him, it results in good things happening to us and in us and through us. The best things about a, the, a person, every person you meet are blessings about God. The worst things, this is number four, the worst things about that person are areas where God's redemption and grace can work. That's true about every one of us. Our worst, our weaknesses, our failures, these are places where God's redemption can work in us. And the fifth one is, people are hungry for, an encur- for encouragement and love and the need to help notice Jesus in their lives. God loves everyone. He's created everyone in His image. He is already at work in their lives, inviting them 
to, into his family. The best things about every person you meet are blessings from God. The worst things about them, whoever they may be, the worst things are areas where God's redemption needs to be at work. And the fifth thing is people are hungry. Whether they recognize it or not, people are hungry to be loved and encouraged and helped to see that God's at work in their life. So that's the, those five foundational facts. I'll probably have to review them every week so we get, get them ingrained in our hearts and our minds. But those are the five things that are behind everything I'm going to be saying in this basic handbook for pointing out Jesus. Somebody as sharp has already figured out he's going to be talking to us about evangelism. You know, the E word. Followed quickly by the W word, which is witnessing. Christians don't have four-letter words. We have long four-syllable words that are scarier. Evangelism and witnessing. And I'm telling you, everything I've ever heard or learned is about evangelism and witnessing always takes me way outside my comfort zone. I mean, way outside my comfort zone. I, I've been in the church most of my life. I've heard all kinds of stories. You know, like the evangelist who flew in to meet to speak at the church and and on the way over led three people on the airplane to Jesus. How many do you believe to the Lord this week? Of course I went on an airplane in turbulence. No, I'm sorry. I always figured they left part of the story out. You know, like the plane was flying along like this, and dropped like this, and he goes, how many want to go to heaven? I, I don't know. I, I was raised on that, totally out of my comfort zone, to walk up to somebody or sit down next to someone I've never met and go, so, do you know God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? But you're a sinner going to hell. That just, it, it's just not me. I know other people who can do that, and it comes off so naturally, the person goes, wow, I never thought of it like that. It isn't natural for me. If I do that, they'll hit me. Verbally, if not physically. Of course, I usually, if I were to do that, I'd pick somebody small. Not a big guy. Well, they're all smaller than God, so they have to be smaller than me. So that's my problem. Evangelism takes me out of my comfort zone. Everything I've ever heard about it. And I don't think I'm alone in the matter. I'm not the only person. Let's just be honest. Let's just be frank with each other for a moment. Evangelism as we know it hasn't worked. Well, how do you know, Pastor? Because there are 50,000 people in Bay County who claim absolutely no church. 
over half the people who live in this county don't know Jesus and don't even claim to know him. If evangelism worked, that wouldn't be true. The problem is either evangelism is either so aggressive that you, people want to get a restraining order or so restrained you want to call it the order. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'm going to be blunt, blunt here. We either get real aggressive and sit down to people you've never met before and say, Hi, God has a wonderful plan for your life, but you're going to hell. Or we go, Well, if I'm a really nice person, I'll notice Jesus. I want to tell you something about 50,000 people in Bay County who don't make any claim to know Jesus or have any home. 98% of them are really nice people. They don't need a really nice person. Because a really nice person will look just like them. I don't need God to be good. Our strategies of evangelism and witnessing, the reason they scare us, the reason they don't work, is that they're either at best completely useless or at worst counterproductive so why am I going to be talking about evangelism and witnessing for the next few weeks well that's a good question well, the question I'm going to change it a little bit is where can we find a way to share Jesus' message and His love that's natural and productive. Where can we find a way to tell others about Jesus that doesn't sound like a sales pitch, doesn't feel like a sales pitch, doesn't come across as a sales pitch, or doesn't say anything? How can we find something that's natural? I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 28. This is uh, in verses 5 through 8. Part of the Easter Sunday morning story. Mary and some women were on their way out and gone out to Jesus' tomb. They wanted to finish the burial preparations that they weren't able to do because he died on the eve of the Sabbath. So they came back on Sunday morning. And when they got there, the huge stone that sealed the grave had been moved. The Roman guards passed out and there was an angel there. And the angel said to the woman, says in verse 5, Do not be afraid. 
oh no. Every time an angel shows up, unless he really wants to scare you, he will say, do not be afraid. And if he really wants to scare you, you know you're in trouble. Just so you know, if you ever meet an angel, he doesn't say, don't be afraid, be very afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. I want you to focus on those, that little phrase, go quickly and tell. Go quickly tell. To go is to move forward, to do something, however simple, however modest, however small it may seem to be. It is to do something. Go means get off your seat and on your feet and leave your secure world to venture out to where God's at work. Where is God at work? In every single person you'll ever meet. Quickly. Go quickly. Quickly means that time is precious. It's of the essence. And there are some ways that we battle against time. There's urgency about it. We are wasting time. We are using, or we're using time. But there's only a certain amount of time we have. We need to do something, and we need to do something quickly. Well, there's no procrastinating here. The final word, tell. Go do something quickly. Remember, time is of the essence. Tell means that while our actions speak louder than words, words still speak. Remember the nice person that I told you 98% of the 50,000 people are just like? That's important. So I'm not encouraging you to go out and stop being nice. Everybody goes, oh, good. I like being nice. People like it when I'm nice. Nobody hits me when I'm nice. We need to tell. To tell is to lift up the name of Jesus. To tell the good news that everyone has the potential to become a different kind of person. Not just a nice person. God's person. Changed person. Person who's becoming more like Jesus because they're in a growing relationship with Him. There comes a time when, when our nudging means no, uh, no beating around the bush, stepping forward to meet the other person and tell it like it is, or more accurately, to tell them who Jesus is. To 
tell them what Jesus has done in our lives. Today we're, that's kind of the overview of the basic handbook. And today we're going to focus on this idea of go do something. We all long to feel, taste, touch, experience, however you want to word it, real, unselfish love. And longing is part of our spiritual DNA. It's the way God wired all of us. We want to know we're loved. In a world that's full of disappointment, fear, cynicism, negative forces often muffle God's message. But they cannot drown out the Heavenly Father's call, His invitation to turn around and come home to Him. It's always there in the background. Remember? There's not a person you will meet that God's not at work in. But the call is waiting to be amplified so that it becomes clearer than all the other noise. It needs to be amplified and clarified by, by simple touches. Touches of God's mercy and kindness. And when that happens, all kinds of wonderful transformations can begin. Touches are gentle nudges that, that move our friends toward Jesus. So anytime someone who's indifferent toward God or moving away from God changes direction, even slightly, it's a big success. Anytime somebody who's living out here who has no need for God begins to think, hmm, wonder why people talk about this God. That's huge. When someone who's, who's been floating along, doing just fine without Jesus, begins to go, why is Jesus so important to this one I know? That's a God sign. It's God at work. And it is our nudges, our touches, our acts of love, and mercy and kindness that will help bump people, nudge them into these experiences. Jesus described touching others as, a, as uh, with his love as, as giving a cup of cold water to someone who's thirsty. Now, granted, on a day like today, if you were to set up a cold water stand down on the river walk, the two things I know. Not too many people will be down there. And those that are, are not going to be really interested in ice cold water. If you offered them hot chocolate, that might be different. But in July and August, go down to the Riverwalk, 
You'll find a lot of people be interested in some nice cold water. In our world, the 21st century, the 21st century version of a cup of cold water is simply actively paying attention to someone. It could be as simple as saying, how are you? Fine. No, really. How are you? And just listening. Well, they might go on for hours. Doubt it. I'm a talker. I have to take a breath once in a while. Besides, whose hour is it anyway? Give me a hint. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. It's His hour. Well, I got all this stuff I got to do. Well, I know we got a mile long of excuses, don't we? Actually, we, because I mean me and you, we do. But let's be honest with each other, with ourselves. Wouldn't you like to have somebody pay attention to you for just? A couple of minutes to listen. And if that's all it took was to say, Hi, how are you? No, really, how are you doing? To nudge them to begin to think there's more to this than just being nice. Then something great has happened. Paying attention is the highest form of opening to life and to God. To being open to what's happening around us and opening to what, open to what God is doing around us. It's the greatest gift that you can give to another person this day and age. Just to pay attention. This idea of nudging people forward is the idea of planting seeds. When we have a motivation of love, we meet people in their context and nourish their souls in some way. We love them. Evangelism is awakening in each other the, the God, the awareness of the God who's already there. God's already working their lives. You are not introducing God into their life. He's already there. Well, I certainly can't see it. Fine. Take it on faith then. 
Whether you see it or not, the Holy Spirit is working in that person's life. They may be fighting tooth and nail, but he's there. Evangelism is, is nudging people to pay attention. to that every one of us needs to say yes to his nudges his invitation now we nudge each other all the time now not even when we don't know it so I'm going to like when was the last time you were in conversation with someone and you told them about your favorite restaurant Anybody talk about your favorite restaurant sometime this week? You talk about uh, where you get your car worked on? Favorite recipe? How many of you are on Facebook this week? Okay. How many of you put a status on Facebook this week? You nudge somebody. If you checked in this morning, as you were invited to do on Facebook, you're able to do that. You nudged people. The people in your circle were nudged by the fact that you were in church this morning. Every time we recommend something, every time we express an opinion, we're nudging people. Whenever somebody says, well, most people, no, 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 no. They're nudging you, trying to make you conform to everybody else. Just in case there's some confusion about this, we're following Jesus. We will probably not be doing or thinking what most people do. That's just really. We nudge each other all the time. All we're talking about is being on purpose, intentional about it. Thinking, what can I do, what can I say to nudge this person with Jesus' love? Not bump them. There's there's a book. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been reading a book entitled Nudge. And I thought, well, that's a great word, but I don't want to just copy this guy's word so I tried to find a synonym another word you know that means the same thing as nudge nudge means a gentle tap in a direction it's you know for people who golf it's that little thing you do to the ball when it's right on the cup edge of the cup to get it to go in you nudge it if you're on the you hit it with all you've got. But if it's right there, you just cut it in. You nudge it gently. 
So I started looking up words that were similar. Bump. Right next to it, they had a hockey player checking somebody into the class. That just didn't look like, that's not a nudge. Uh, what was it? Collide. Collide? First thing I thought of was some of those really good hits in football. You know, where you hear the guy groan clear to the top row of the stadium. Uh, some of you don't enjoy that, I know. I remember being that guy once. I was actually run over, but you know, never mind. Uh, it's hard to believe. I was run over by another football player. I think I woke up two minutes later. It was, I remember being hit. That was the last thing I remember. Uh, in other words, none of them were, none of them had this idea of being gentle. Every one of them was like smack, hit, bump, knock over, thump. Yeah, I mean, I said, okay. So the author of this book managed to pick the only word in the English language which means to gently tap something or someone in a particular direction. Great. So now I have to use nudge. But that's exactly what it is. What God calls us to do is to nudge people. Not to knock them over. Not to knock them down. Not to... Tackle them. If you're really bored this afternoon, go home and uh, do a search for evangelism linebacker. And watch some of his videos. It's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Just remember that. If you watch those, that's not what I'm talking about. We nudge people all the time. Let's just be intentional about it. Let's just look for ways that we can intentionally, purposefully nudge somebody to notice Jesus is at work in their lives. Too many of us avoid evangelism because it seems far too aggressive. Either because we're afraid of offending people or, or we're just not that aggressive but the Holy Spirit is inviting us to join him in a lifestyle of moving people gently nudging people toward Jesus by paying attention to them and loving them whether they ever turn to Jesus or not Do you remember me saying we're all hungry for true, unselfish love? If you love somebody because they're your evangelism project, you haven't quite made it. We need to love people because Jesus loves them. 
He's already at work in their lives. And there's good things in them that He's placed there. And there's areas that need to be worked on and He wants to work there. They just need somebody to love them in a way that they can experience it and feel it. Simple acts, gentle nudges are what are going to move our loved ones, our friends and our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers into God's family. For God to be able to do something through us, He needs to be doing something in us, though. See, if we're not recognizing the fact that Jesus is a work of my we really have no business trying to tell other people He's working in their lives. In fact, it's usually when we are helping other people notice God's at work, we're helping other people experience His love that we recognize that He loves us. The kind of evangelism I'm talking about that's natural is an invitation for broken people to together meet Jesus who loves broken people. We are all damaged, but we're all loved. We're all crushed cherished with God's divine embrace. When love is the motivation for evangelism, nudging is, is love in action. It's, it's God, how can I love this person in a way that they know that you're loving them? What can I do? And it's the cracks, usually the cracks in us, the cracks in our broken vessels, our broken vases, where Jesus shines out the best and the most. And that could be a problem for good church people. I know because I have one. Because good church people don't have cracks. Or at least they won't let you know about them. tell you what one of my cracks in a few minutes we're going to sing a song that uh, always gets me the second verse always gets me a few weeks ago last couple months ago the Sunday evening in our next level discussions we shared how God had changed our lives one side of my paper I wrote proud sarcastic cynic those are my cracks the flip side of that is that God is turning me in to a faith filled 
prayer. The reason this song is coming up moves me is it talks about you take the cynic and whisper in his ear. You are mine. You are mine. We have cracks, folks. And that's where Jesus shines through first. We can act like we don't have cracks. But I'm going to tell you, the 50,000 people who don't go to church anywhere can see your cracks a mile away. I don't care what you plastic on your face. People know. Sometimes the nudge will lead to a conversion. You may, by God's grace, you might be the person who does the last little nudge that somebody turns and says, Wow, Jesus is at work in my life. What can I do now? I'm going to follow him. By the way, if that happens, don't worry about having a big, long prayer memorized. Here's a good prayer. Just encourage him to say, Here I am, Jesus. What's next? Well, what about... Keep it simple. They've come to realize that Jesus is in their life and they want to follow him. Let him ask, What's next? Here I am. What's next? Most often, a nudge will lead to a conversation. Perhaps a confession. A connection between two people. Maybe a seed will be planted in germinating. But whatever. Every time we nudge, there will be a blessing. A blessing. You will be blessed. Because God's working through you. They will be blessed because God is working through you. So it boils down to this. Are we willing? Are we willing to promise Jesus that we're going to start looking for ways to love people? to simply nudge them a little bit toward Him. Let me ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just so you have a moment between you and and the Holy Spirit. I'm about to ask you to do something that will probably take you out of your comfort zone a little. But it's just between you, me, and God, and whoever else might be teaching. But I've asked everyone to close their eyes. If you believe the Holy Spirit is prompting you and encouraging you to nudge people toward Him, 
and you're willing to say yes Jesus I want to do that just between you me and God would you simply raise your hand thank you thank you great thank you God bless you it's great thank you let's pray Lord here we are show us what's next we want to nudge people with your love not ours yours we don't want people to notice that we're nice people we want people to notice that you're a wonderful savior we want people to follow you not just to like us and so we ask that this week in particular that you would start us off with something simple just show us something some way that we can nudge somebody on purpose to love them for you teach us how to do that all the time so so fill us with your love that it's the motivation for the words that come out of our mouths and the things that we do there are 50,000 people in this county who need to experience your love like they've never experienced it before we want to reach 50 of them So we give ourselves to you. Help us nudge somebody this week. And help us to keep nudging as your family grows and expands.